Hey everyone and welcome to episode 10 of the MKI Audio Podcast. We've reached double figures so we're going well so far and hopefully there'll be plenty more to come. I'm going to get the science bit out of the way before we get on with the rest of the show. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook and Google Plus by searching for MKI Audio and that should take you straight through to any of my pages. The blog is also available at mkiaudio.tk so you can go over there, stick your email address into the subscription box and that will send you email updates every time I put a new post on. Uh, the podcast page is also available at mkiaudiopodcast.tk uh, There you can find past episodes, uh, show notes, you can also leave comments on any of the previous shows or this show and also have added a new form to the front page of that podcast page and that allows you, if you have any questions you want answered on the podcast please feel free to stick them in there they'll come through to my email address and hopefully I can get them into the show and get them answered the podcast is also available on iTunes so if you can't bother going and downloading it every time from the blog head over to iTunes and subscribe through there and that means they'll be delivered straight to uh, your iTunes account every time I post a new one up. While you're there, if you can, please leave me a review um, on the podcast. It helps other people see what the podcast is about and um, sort of how I go about putting it across. So if, if you like what you're hearing, please go and leave a review. If you're not liking what you're hearing, you can leave a review if you want, but I'd rather you just got in touch with me and told me what was going wrong, and I'll try to fix it. So that's all the science bit out of the way, so we're going to jump into the main show. Before I get into the main segment, I just wanted to remind everybody about the promotion I'm running throughout August. Um, if you head over to mkiaudio.tk and stick your email address into the subscriptions box, to receive my daily posts. Usually I was giving out a free ebook. Um, it was a short ebook, uh, getting started in your home studio. Throughout August, I've upgraded that and I'm actually giving you Getting Started in Recording, which is my first uh, full length ebook, which is worth $4.99. Um, so I've been giving it out for free throughout August. So if you're wanting to get that now, it's going to finish at the end of August. So head over now. And stick your email address in there and the link will be sent to your email then for you to download the book for free. It's the full length book, it's not a shortened down version or anything, so it's just a promotion I want it to run. So head over there, stick your email in before it finishes or else you're going to miss out. Okay, this week's main segment is all about uh, recording an EP. So for anybody that doesn't know what an EP is, an EP is basically a step between... A demo, which is sort of rough recordings of your music. Uh, demos would usually be maybe three tracks would usually be the limit, but sometimes they can go up to maybe five tracks. Uh, the production on those tracks maybe isn't full notch. They haven't been uh, mixed properly or um, they maybe haven't gone through the full mastering process. However, they're usually recorded by the band themselves or the artists themselves. Although there is studios out there now that do offer the service of recording um, a demo. This can be used to send off to uh, record companies or to give out to fans to sort of promote an upcoming album. You would maybe record um, three rough tracks off that album and hand them out at shows or let people download them off your website. 
Uh, on the other end of the scale, then a full scale album, which would usually be probably about ten tracks plus, uh, and this would be a full production. There would be uh, pre production, recording, editing, mixing, and uh, mastering. Uh, there's generally a bit more promotion that goes into an, uh, a full scale album as well. So an EP is somewhere in between that. Um, usually it would be around five to seven songs and you're still getting that full uh, production um, going sort of from the pre-production phase right through to mastering. You could generally release an EP if uh, you maybe don't have enough tracks to release a full album and you would rather not sit back and wait until you have another four or five songs to make up that full album. Well then go ahead and record those five or the seven songs you have Stick them into an EP. Now you're not going to be able to charge just as much for an EP as you would for an album. But at the end of the day you've still got something out there in the public domain that your fans can go and download and listen to. Um, you can then uh, move on and w start working on another album. Or sometimes bands will release maybe two or three EPs in a row before they would actually sit down and write a full album. But either way, you're still getting music out there and it still works well as a promotion tool for your band. So today I really want to talk about why an EP is a great idea for a first project. Now, I'll come at this from two different ways. I'll come at it from a songwriter's point of view who maybe records their own music and also from someone who doesn't do any writing. They're purely a recording engineer or a mixing engineer. So first off, we'll look at it from a singer-songwriter's point of view. If you are into writing your own music and recording it, uh, your first project probably isn't going to be a full-scale album. Uh, if you are promoting yourself as a band or as a solo artist, it's going to take you quite a while to write a full bank of songs that you can put out there as a full studio album. So. I would always advise trying, you could try a demo first, but generally demos aren't um, to the full spec of an EP or an album. So if you concentrate on trying to write five or seven really good songs and get those recorded as best you can and get them out there, you're going to have something there for your fans to have and get an idea of what kind of music you produce. And it keeps you fresh in their head. If you disappear for two years uh, to write an album, chances are any of those fans you've gathered up previously, they're going to head somewhere else and listen to different music other than yours because you don't have anything out there for them to listen to. So in maybe two years it would take you to write a full album and record it and master it all yourself. Well, an EP can be put out sort of even as short as six months. So in the space of two years, you would have one album, but you could uh, record an EP for six months, then maybe play a few shows and maybe do a tour for a year and then put out another EP. So you have two releases there within the space of time that it would take to make one studio album. So that's why I think EPs are great for um, so artists or bands that are coming through you're putting out content a lot more regularly than you would if you were just putting out full-scale albums. 
So, and it gives you something a little bit easier to work on. Uh, if you're sitting down as a songwriter and you think to yourself, right, I need to write 10 high quality songs or 12 or you know, some albums can get colossal with the amount of tracks on them. Uh, generally, if you listen to an album that has maybe 15 or 16 tracks on it, you could probably whittle that down to 10 really good tracks and the rest have just been put in there as fillers to make up the full scale album. But if you put out 10 good tracks, it's still a full album, so there's no point in writing songs that are subpar and putting them out there because these are going against your name. If you put out songs that aren't great, uh, even if they are just to fill out the end tracks of an album, they've still got your name at them and they're your songs, so they can do you harm if they're not up to par. So concentrate. If you're doing a full album, don't fill it full of rubbish just to make up track numbers. Now the same principle could apply to an EP. If you start... Uh, writing an EP and you decide, right, I'm going to release seven songs. Well, you might write ten songs and then pick the three weakest songs out of that and drop them out. Now, the same thing could be said if you write seven songs. Um, you write the seven songs, you've decided to release seven songs, so you just stick them out there. But if two of those songs maybe aren't great, then cut that back to a five-song EP. It's not going to make much of a difference. You maybe have to charge slightly less than you were hoping. But at least you know the songs you're putting out there are of great quality and people are going to happily pay for them and listen to them. So if you're a singer-songwriter, uh, in my opinion, an EP is a great way to start off your recording. So let's move on and talk about the engineer's perspective now. Uh, a lot of the same stuff will maybe apply as to the singer-songwriter. However, you're coming at it from a different aspect because you aren't actually writing the songs. Your job is purely to record those songs and then possibly uh, mix and master them as well. You might not do all the processes. You maybe will be in charge of the recording or you're the mix engineer or you could be the mastering engineer. Uh, depending on your level or the, the way you work, you could be doing all three of them. So... Again, we'll go back to comparing the demo and the full album. If you're a recording engineer and you're recording a demo, generally people don't want to pay a lot of money to have a demo recorded, which means you're not going to want to spend as much time on the recording. So if you're only recording a demo, you're not getting the full range of experience that you would get from doing an EP or a full album. On the other end of the scale again, if you dive straight into a full album as your first project, it's a lot of weight on your shoulders. Um, people's expectations for a full album are a lot higher than what they would be for an EP or a demo. So jumping straight into a full album, you would have multiple songs to record. Uh, so there's a lot of scheduling involved and make sure everybody's there to record. If you're then taking that onto the mixing process, you are going to be spending days mixing all those songs. Again, you may be taking it on through to the mastering process. So you're going to be dealing with this project for a long time and it's going to take up a lot of your time. Now, for your first project, that could be quite a hard thing to deal with if you're not used to the way the entire process works. 
um maybe you've recorded your own albums before uh or recorded some of your own music but recording for yourself and recording for somebody else are two completely different things um when you're recording for yourself your only expectations are your own and you know what they are if you're recording for someone else you never truly know what they are looking for or what they expect to have in their hand at the end of it all so a full album Yes, you get the experience of all the processes the whole way through, um, but it's just a far bigger project than maybe you can handle for your first one. So once again, the EP is right smack bang in the middle of these two other projects. Uh, so the advantage of, of an EP for an engineer, one, it's a slightly smaller project for you to deal with. You maybe only have to coordinate uh, the recording, mixing and mastering of five songs rather than ten plus songs. So straight off the bat, it's half the size. So it's going to take maybe not half the time. You'll still, it's, it's your first project. You'll want to put a lot of effort into it to make sure it turns out well. So you may spend a little longer than uh, sort of half the time of a full album. But it's still going to be a shorter project so you can get in there get it done and get it out again relatively quickly on the other scale of things now you will still get the benefit of using all the processes so you're still recording studio quality tracks you know you want the best recordings possible for an ep because recording quality between an ep and an album there isn't any difference in it Really, it's just the number of songs, or maybe the style of music slightly different to what the band would usually do. So they would release it as an EP rather than an album. But from your perspective, you're still wanting to get the best quality recordings you can. You're wanting to mix those tracks the best you can, and you're also wanting to master them the best you can. So an EP is a nice small project, uh, and it'll give you something to work on and practice all your skills. If you only concentrate on demos uh, for the first uh, few projects that you take on, you're not using all your skills, so you maybe get quite confident and you've put out recordings before, but they haven't maybe been to the quality they should have. So then you jump straight into a full album and suddenly you're in over your head and uh, you're finding yourself struggling and that looks bad from a client's perspective. Uh, you want to make sure whenever you go into a project, you're in charge of it and you know exactly what you're doing and what way the outcome's going to be before you start. And an EP can also be a great way to build a relationship with a band. So if you're maybe out chatting or uh, networking somewhere, you're at a gig, you get talking to the band and you say, listen, I record, I'd love to record your band and they maybe come up and say, well, we don't have an album ready yet. Uh, we'll maybe give you a shout whenever you d we do if you let that band go and don't pursue that any further chances of them coming back to you are slim they'll forget all about you the next day but if you say have you a few tracks uh, that you're ready to record they'll maybe say yes we'll, we'll have some say come over to the studio I'll record those five tracks and you can send them out as an EP um, rather than a full album so try and use that way to get them in through the door once you have that ep recorded with them if they're happy with the outcome whenever they eventually come to record their full album they're going to come to you because they know the way you work they know the results that you can put out and they know that 
you know what you're doing within the studio and you're used to working to them. So they don't want to have to go into a different studio and try and get used to a new engineer, uh, a new studio, and maybe a different way of working. They already know all the ins and outs of your process, so you already have one foot in the door when it comes to that album. So have a think about it if it is uh, your first project, you're trying to figure out what to do. Strongly think about an EP. It's a great middle-of-the-road project to get uh, your feet wet in the recording process, but still not getting over your head. Start off at the shallow end and work your way down to the deep end. Uh, if you dive straight in at the deep end, chances are you might not come back up again. If you ruin your reputation, you can only ruin it once, and that's it, gone. Whereas if you build your way up, it might take time. You might need to do five, six, seven EPs before you can ever go on to record a full album. By the end of the day, you're still getting credits on those EPs, and you can always post them onto your sites and say, this is what I've done. If you're a recording engineer and you have nothing to show for yourself, well then, people aren't going to know what the quality of your work is, and chances of them come knocking on your door to do work is slim. So go out, have a look at an EP, singer-songwriters, they're simple to write, you're not writing masses of songs, recording engineers or mixing engineers, they're nice short projects so you can get them in and get them out quickly. So that was the main segment. If you have any questions about it, like I mentioned at the start of the podcast, head over to mkaudiopodcast.tk and you can leave uh, all your comments there. I'll do my best to get back to them now if you have any questions you want answered. But for now, we're going to go on to the My Advice section of the show. Okay, my advice this week is use reference mixes. Now, I can almost hear you gasping with horror at the suggestion of this, but bear with me a second. Whenever you start out in mixing, you don't really have an idea of where your mixes need to go to sound like the pro mixes. So, the ultimate reference material surely is something that has been accepted by the public as being the standard. So why would you not uh, reference yours against that to see maybe your track needs a little more low end or uh, maybe it needs a little more high end or maybe there's no sparkle in it or maybe everything just seems so muddy in your mix but it's really clear in the professional mix. So you maybe can't identify with that um, from the, at the start whenever you're learning to mix. Generally with new engineers, and I know I did it, you would work your way through a mix and you have the rose tinted glasses on you know you think this is the best mix that has ever been created you're going to blow everybody else out of the water with it but then whenever you stack that up against a professional mix you soon learn there is quite a few differences maybe you will put it on and go uh the reference mix sounds so thin compared to mine i've nailed it i've got mine far heavier and fuller well Not really, that's not a good thing. If the reference mix is sounding incredibly thin compared to yours, chances are yours is far too uh, bass heavy and it's a muddier mix than it should be. So that's why reference mixing at the start can sort of keep you from going too far off the rails. Now, I'm not saying you need to use reference mixes the entire way through your career. Eventually, if you feel comfortable enough that you know what a good mix sounds like, well then, 
drop the reference mixes. There's no need to have them in your sessions. But until you learn exactly what you're listening for and what a really good mix should sound like, they're a great way of uh, measuring against the pros or measuring against an accepted standard out there. So pull your favourite tracks into your DAW the next time you're making a mix and just A, B, back and forward between them. Um, Listen to your mix, then stick on the reference mix and listen to it for a second and just compare different parts. First of all, maybe listen for the low end. Is your low end measuring up against theirs? If not, go and fix it. Then listen for the vocal. Is your vocal as easily heard as what theirs is? If not, go and fix it. Or if yours is a bit too loud, go and fix that and send it back into the mix. So it just gives you little points that you can go and work on. Eventually, your ear will learn what you're listening for and you can drop them out, forget about them altogether. And someday, somebody will be referencing your mixes for the perfect sound. But until then, use reference mixes. So that's us finished up for show number 10. Um, let's say happy to break the double digits. Um, hopefully, we'll keep going till we get into the triple digits. Although that's a long while away. Um, that's up there in inside home recording territory and the home recording show. So... I've quite a bit to go before I get to that stage, but we'll keep going through them. If there's anything you want to hear on the podcast, come and give me a shout. I'll be happy to answer any questions or do any segments that you request, um, provided I have the ability to do them now. I'm not a pro here. <laughs> I am learning the same as everybody else. Even the pros are learning. So, But if there's anything I can help you with, I will be happy to do so. So... Come over to the podcast page at mkaudiopodcast.tk and put your suggestions or comments in there and I'll be happy to get in touch with you and discuss them. If you have anything you want to do for the podcast, I'll quite happily put guest segments on. Um, If you want to come on for an interview, uh, send me a message on Twitter or Facebook or via the contact form on the blog and I will quite happily get you on. But until the next time, Keep recording, keep mixing, and keep it simple.